This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place the Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's the Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window. Making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks. Online at willowwindow.pro. Now live from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. And uh, Zane Cantrell is on with me, one of our famous educators around here. And... and uh, how in the world did you get the name Zane? Because it, it sounds like a kind of a name that you would give somebody that that's, that's gone into an asylum or something like like Zany or something like that. Well, good morning, Truman, and good morning, Middle Tennessee and Tennessee, everybody that's listening. Yeah, uh, I'm just like you, Truman. I got my name from my mama. Oh. <laughs> Well, she, now, I got my name from my dad. Your daddy gave who, you that. He was a senior, and okay. I, I ended up being a junior. Yeah, my mama gave me the uh, num- name Zane. Did she ever tell you how she, she determined that? Well, I, I, I just kind of got a little wisp of it, as uh-huh. I can remember. This was a few years ago, and uh, I think my uncle, one of my uncles, did a lot of reading of Zane Gray novels. Uh-huh. Western. Yeah. yeah, and so uh, she was uh, probably uh, coming off of that, uh, saying, "Well, that would be a good name for my next child," and that's uh, probably how I came about. I'm just guessing. That's how I came about it. So, but but I've never known anyone else other than the famous writer and things like that. Of anybody that had the name Zane. Well, there's not a lot, and that's one of the good things uh, about it. It it may not be a good young child's name. I don't think that I uh, appreciated it very when I was very young. But as I got older, I think that uh, it was an uh, important name to me, yeah. and I, I really liked it as an adult. And most people do. You don't hear that many Zanes around. No, but you respond to it. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you hear a lot of Truman Jones around, especially Jones. Really? Yeah. So I, 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 there's a I Truman Jones on the radio. You know that? Yeah. Well, that's kind of odd, isn't it? It's, it's amazing. <laughs> now, you've been involved in education and all that. Do you miss it? Now, we're, yeah. of course, I don't think that you miss what would be going on right now yeah. if you were yeah. still uh, principal or, t- or yeah. the uh, in, in the classroom. Or yeah. I, I'm asked that question quite often, but do you miss it? No, I don't. Yeah. 
I do not miss it. What you miss are some of the people yeah. that you worked with. You hate to uh, break up those relationships. Yeah. We had some very, very good teachers, good administrators that I worked with over the years. One you know, Tom Hartley. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah just uh, outstanding people. You do miss them. But in, in the good way, you do get to see them from time to time. The uh, retired principals, we try to get together once a month for lunch. And uh, what, do, what, what do you guys talk about? Well, we talk about people that we, uh, we've taught over the years, how well they're doing and, and progressing, the ones we know about. And, uh, Did most of your students stay out of the penitentiary? Well, most of them have, yes. Yeah. We've got a few that haven't, but yeah. most of them have, and most of them have t grown up to be very good citizens. I so. was very fortunate. To, uh, both of my boys uh, had Tom Hartley yeah. and just absolutely loved him to death. That's, in fact, that's where I think Tom and I became friends was, was yeah. the kids going. Well, Tom Hartley, is, yeah, he was one of the outstanding administrators that we had in the Murfreesboro City Schools yeah. for years and years. So he, he was just a quality principal. Yeah. And I think everybody that uh, worked with him or the students that he had still remember him as uh, a really a great person. Now, we've got a critical situation now, I think, with the bee industry and uh, the weather and all the things that have affected uh, their way of life has really changed, uh, especially during this weather season right now. And uh, I, to be perfectly honest with you, I haven't seen any bees yet. Yeah. We're talking about honeybees. Well, here, here's the problem. Uh, one of the things that we really want to talk about today are the questions that we're having about beekeeping it's getting tremendously hard to keep your bees alive we're losing a lot of them we're losing up to 40 50 percent every year and that's just too much and there are a lot of reasons for that some of it i do believe is related to our weather we have a lot of probably as much rain this year uh, as my understanding than we've had in a long time. It not only just comes down a little bit, but it just comes down just in droves of water, just I standing. I had over eight inches that, yeah. that yeah. first day that yeah. it rained, yeah. and uh, I couldn't see anything but water all around yeah. me. And the cold weather. Uh, the last time we uh, met and talked about beekeeping mm -hmm. was uh, I had pointed out that we have a critical time coming up. Well, we're into that critical time, which is April yeah. now. And uh, what happens as, as the weather gets warmer, and we've had some very warm weather, the bees come out of their cluster. Mm -hmm. And when they come out of their cluster, they're sending bees all out to uh, get nectar and bring it in. Yeah. Now, we turn around and we have uh, what's... 27 degrees tomorrow yeah. and maybe the next day in the 20s, which is kind of unusual for this time of the year. But unless it's going to get up to 80. Yeah, but unless the bees go back into their cluster, mm -hmm. we're going to lose a lot of bees. A lot of them are going to die unless they go back into their cluster. Yeah. And we run the chance of losing our queen unless those bees can keep that queen warm 
in those 20 degree weathers at night, we're going to lose a queen. And there's no way in the world you can replace that queen this time of the year. It's just almost impossible. Now, you've got a big meeting coming up. Yes, and we're very excited about this. Yeah. And, and I'd like to point out to those uh, that are out there listening, for the first time, the first time, and this is the uh, first show that this has been announced, mm-hmm. the Tennessee Beekeepers Association's fall, fall conference yeah. will be here in Murfreesboro October the 8th and 9th. That's on a Friday and Saturday. Wow. And that will be held at Middle Tennessee State University, and it will be at the uh, uh, Student Union building, the new building. Okay. So we the... Uh, That's not where the old one... It, no. It's that new building. That yeah. It's really a nice facility. With the uh, beekeepers will uh, meetings will be on the second floor. Mm-hmm. We'll also have uh, a number of uh, people there that were that will be uh, displaying different uh, supplies for beekeeping. They'll have everything from beekeeping suits to. Uh, uh, beekeeping equipment of any kind. It'll be on display there. And uh, people can buy it or look at it. You get to see the latest inventions, <laughs> the latest Invention. developments of uh, beekeeping. I mean, it's on the cutting edge. It changes every year. And we'll have some of the best speakers throughout the United States here. So it won't be just speakers from Tennessee. But these will be university people who have studied beekeeping for a number of years. That's their profession. I know you're looking forward to it. Yeah. So they'll they'll be here and they'll be give, sharing all kinds of information. So we're we're really proud of this and proud of it being here in Murfreesboro. We have around eighteen hundred to two thousand members statewide. All of these people are going to be coming in here, Truman. Plus the displays that are set up. I don't know how many of them there will be. I think normally every year we have at least 100. Uh, even have some people uh, selling trees that are good for bees so uh, and attract bees that have a lot of nectar to them. So that they, you have all kinds of wares that are uh, tuned in for beekeeping. So I think that's going to be an exciting time for all of us. And here's another thing I'd like to point out. You don't have to be a member of the Tennessee Beekeepers Association to come to these meetings. You can register as a non-member, and it's not very expensive to to register. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you're not a TBA member, you can still register. Now, we don't have registration forms out yet. It's a little early. Yeah. But you can find that on the Tennessee Beekeepers website, and uh, you can get that information off of it. And uh, you can. Are there many beekeepers that don't belong to the association right here in Rutherford? Yes, we do. We have several. And we have several that comes to the Rutherford Beekeepers Association that are not members, and we welcome them. Yeah. We hope they will join it sometime, but we don't turn anyone away. And I might point out, for the first time, 
<laughs> in several months, the Rutherford Beekeepers Association will be meeting Monday at the uh, Lane Ag Center. Mm-hmm. They are limiting us to 50 members, and we should be all right with that. But Why uh, would they do that? Well, it, you know, keep people, uh, it's a limited space. You have to be six feet apart. So they're, still? Yes, yeah, still. You still have all of these, just like when you come in here. Uh, you have to have a mask on. You have to sign up and uh, to come to the Truman Show. So they still have requirements that uh-huh. you have to follow. And, uh, by the way, if you notice, uh, things are spiky again in the coronavirus. Oh, heck. So If you listen to the media, it's been spiking. It's been going up for the last year. And people are still I am, dying. I am people very are, few with the virus now. It's, people are still dying, though. And they're, they're, you if know, you look, I think people have been dying for, the for uh, what, let's see, 2,030 years. Uh, our main one died. During of course we got Easter coming up. Yeah. And, and uh, in fact, since the beginning of time, we've been dying. Well, <laughs> yeah, but does that mean that we don't want we don't if, want if we if we quit going to all this stuff that uh, we're going to live forever? No, but yeah. you you don't want someone dying with this virus if we can get them vaccinated or keep everybody them. Everybody just about been. Uh, yeah. vaccinated. Not everybody so yet. Most of them have, still, have chose to do it. We still have a lot of but people. But guess what? The people who have had the virus, their immunization is stronger. No, so what happened to the herd? Well, I don't know if that's true or not. It is true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's to be determined yet. But anyway, about I think if, if you haven't virus. had the vaccine, yes. you need to get it. You've had it, haven't you? No. You haven't been vaccinated? No. But you've had the virus. You had the virus. Yeah. And they said my immunity was strong. Have you had to check to make sure you're immune? Well, that's good. Because we don't know how long that'll last either. So you may still have to be vaccinated. (laughs) I am ready for normal life. You know, everybody uh, except Fauci, they agree that People who get back to a normal life have more uh, um, chance of being normal simply because the uh, the mental part mm-hmm. of it has been so strong on those people that have been affected. And, yeah. and uh, I haven't seen you, actually, big boy, out there running with a mask on. No, I don't run with a mask on. Now, look at all those people that you're breathing hard and throwing that bad air out of your lungs. That You're, you're affecting everybody in that neighborhood that you run in. <laughs> I don't run in the neighborhood. I where run, do you run? I run over to Greenway where there's not many people early in the morning. Yeah, but that, that disease is probably affecting No, I don't know if that's true or not. But anyway, when you go to a certain place, back yes. to our point, you yes. have to follow the rules. And so that's a rule that the Lane Ag Center has. You can only limit 50 people. But anyway, we're uh, we're excited. How did we get on that conversation started. Well, we we just got it's it started. It's all your fault. It's not mine. 
Yeah, go ahead, Zane. Uh, but anyway, the uh, we're ex- yeah we're excited about our first Rutherford Beekeepers Association meeting, which will How be. How many members do you have? Yeah, there? we've got uh, we we have anywhere from seventy five to a hundred people that usually show up. Now we don't expect that many since we've been out for this long period of time. We haven't had any meetings. Yeah. So this is our first one back. What and, if uh, you have seventy five people that show up? Well, I don't know what they'll do. That's Keith Elrod and Robbins uh, will have to handle that. And, and that is next Monday? That's this coming Monday. Yeah. At 7 o'clock at the Lane Ag Center. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be meeting there, and uh, if, if we have more than 50, I'm sure we'll work out something. But yeah. the point is, I think you have to, like if it's not your family, somebody that you're not – uh, living with, uh, you have to be at least six foot apart, and you have to wear a mask. So that's that's their rules, and we'll follow those. But anyway, that's uh, that's an exciting time that we have the. Uh, will you be talking about the problems with the bees right now? Yes, we will. And, and what what is going to be the, the well, final outcome of of all the things that you need to do to get them healthier? <clears throat> Yeah, one of the things that we'll be talking about is uh, what our bees, uh, what we can do at this time of the year to help them to survive this cold weather mm-hmm. and also to uh, make sure that they have adequate feed. They Right now, they're out gathering nectar, and they have been. Now, what's going to, what's blooming right now? We'll be talking about that tonight, uh, I mean Monday night. Mm-hmm. Uh the, uh, Have you seen ap- any clover? Uh, I'm going to get to that in a minute. Right okay. now, the blooms are usually apples. Pears are blooming. Red bud are blooming. Wild plums blooming. You see all of that. Mm-hmm. Now, coming up, now, once we have this 20-degree weather, you're going to see all these blooms go away. Yeah. It'll kill every one of them. Yeah. And that's... Another bad thing about it. But the good part of locusts is going to start. It hadn't started blooming yet. You've got little buds there, mm-hmm. and they should be all right. The black locust uh, is a good uh, nectar source for the bees. And maples, maples are starting to bud a little bit, and they'll come on out, and you'll see bees. Mine haven't. Yeah, you'll see bees on them. Yeah. But uh, uh, the uh, white... Dutch clover that you're talking about. They haven't started blooming. You see a few, but there's not many out there. But we're looking to that. Now, I had a a really good experience with my uh, clover this year. I sowed quite a bit more in my yard. We've got a large area, and I didn't have to uh, till it or anything. If you sow it at this early time of the year, it'll seep into the soil, and uh, other grass is not large enough that it would choke it out. So, But you need to get really good uh, clover seed. Now, I went down and talked to Bruce uh, Hooper at Hooper's, yeah. and uh, I got clover seed from him. And if you're really needing uh, some really good clover seed... I had at least a 95 to 100% yield of mine. Now, in most seeds, you don't get that kind of yield. Mm-hmm. 
you get it and you sow it and you don't realize you only get about 50%. But what I got at Hooper's was 100%. Uh, so I, I, I really felt good about that. Did the flood bother the 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 locust that I mean the uh, clover that had already been planted and with all the water will that bother no it won't as a matter of fact all the water we've had unless it's washing away you know yeah. washing the seed away you don't want that to happen yeah but all the water we'll we have will help that so if you want to get some more clover in your yard or for your bees right now is the time to do it don't don't wait any time and this cold weather well, one good thing about the cold weather, it'll freeze that seed and it'll make it pop out quicker. Wow! And uh, that that'll happen. So if you if you have some places you want to sow it, you don't have to till it up. All you have to do is sow it among the grass because the grass is not large enough now, high enough to uh, hurt the clover that you sow. So you'll have a good yield. But I would advise you to go buy Hooper's and get that really good seed that he has down there. And I've not found it anywhere else except down there. Hooper's a great place to go anyway. Oh, yeah, it is. If you want to go in there and just uh, learn (laughs) about uh, past history of Rutherford County, it's the best place in the world to go to. Yeah, and if you go down there, tell Bruce uh, Hooper that I sent you. Uh, and he'll know what you're coming for. He knows what you're looking for. He'll take care of you. Wait a minute. Are they going to give you a better deal if they mention your name? No, they give everybody the same deal. It's like State Farm. <laughs> you know, we, we've lost a lot of our old Murfreesboro. They, they, they've been going into Hooper, I guess, as long as it's been there. We've lost a lot of them this year. That's yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's a so, sad, sad commentary. Yeah, we, but we still have a few of the old-timers that show up down there. There's not as many. Yeah. But uh, it, they're, they're still there. They still swap stories. And I know you've been there a few times. Oh, yeah, I love going in there. Yeah. Uh, that's some of the best conversations I've ever had with anybody yeah. is in Hooper. We're going to have to take a quick break. Okay. It, is it we'll time right for a break? Back. Well, evidently, they, it's what it says here. So we'll be right back with Zane Castle. Adams Place is founded by Dr. Carl E. Adams, a physician and lifelong resident of Middle Tennessee. He and Jenny May had a dream of building a campus concept of life care facilities for older adults. Adams Place Residential Living Director Terry Deal. Discover that senior living is fun. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088. Discount Mattress is on the move, and great news for you. To reduce moving costs, all remaining inventory is being liquidated. Stop in today at 1614 Northwest Broad Street near the Georgetown Kroger 
to take advantage of the huge price reductions on their already discounted prices. Discount Mattress has been serving Murfreesboro's mattress needs since 2001, is locally owned and operated, and excited to offer these reduced prices prior to their move. Don't wait. Stop by today. Discount Mattress at the corner of Northwest Broad and Northfield. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. When all the data is finalized, 2020 expected to be Tennessee's deadliest year for drug overdoses. A new report from the Office of Informatics and Analytics says 2020's deadly overdoses are expected to greatly exceed those of 2019. Estimates from January through September of 2020 already surpassed the total number for all of 2019. More than 2,000 Tennesseans were lost to drug overdoses in 2019. A bill on the General Assembly makes it a Class C misdemeanor for a person to solicit from any public roadway, shoulder, berm, right-of-way, entrance, or exit ramp. It also makes camping on the shoulder, berm, right-of-way of a state or interstate highway, or camping on, near, under, or around a bridge a crime. Homeless advocacy groups like Open Table Nashville and ACLU of Tennessee have expressed opposition to the bill. And FEMA says it will provide up to $9,000 in reimbursement for families dealing with COVID-19 funeral costs. Applications and more info available at FEMA.gov. The Rutherford County Habitat for Humanity has scheduled a unity panel build for Saturday, July 24th in the parking lot of the avenue on Medical Center Parkway in Murfreesboro. Organizers say that churches, different faith groups, companies, and individuals will all be a part of the build. This Habitat build is being presented by First Cumberland Presbyterian Church and the Murfreesboro Muslim Youth Organization. Several Rutherford County Emergency Medical Services personnel were recognized Tuesday at a special awards ceremony at Lane Agri-Park. Director Carl Hudgens hosted the ceremony to present letters of accommodation and challenge coins to personnel who responded to and went above and beyond the call of duty during this February's winter storm. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Need a break from the sound bites and the talking heads? Do you want information you can actually use? Information that'll change your life for the better? Then listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will show you how to retire in two to five years. Your age doesn't matter. Turn off the pundits and turn on the passive income. Tune in to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, right here on News Radio WGNS. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Mostly sunny skies here for this afternoon, a high in the upper 40s. Northwest winds at 10 to 20 miles per hour at times, gusting as high as 30. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 37.
Premier 6 Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Premier 6 on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. You know, you've got a great sense of humor, Zane, but sometimes I love to pick on you (laughs) because it doesn't land sometimes. But, you know, that's the fun part of life. That is. Yeah. We all can look at it in, in, in our own ways, and it makes it uh, either fun, interesting, or all those other things that go along with it. But uh, w- one situation that I do, I'm very serious about is it would be very difficult for us to continue on in this life without the bees because they give us a strength that nothing else does. But here we are in the forefront of we're seeing things happen right now that I never thought I would see with the bee uh, industry because uh, it's, it's one of those God-given gifts that uh, he God has given us as far as the bees and what it means to each and every one of us. Well, uh, I've said for a long time that uh, the product that bees produce has a very positive effect on humans who take it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they, the, uh, I think the standard is a teaspoon a day, if just a minimum teaspoon a day, mm-hmm. and you'd be surprised what kind of health benefits that that would give to you. Now, I don't have any research to back that up. Some doctors would probably dispute it, mm-hmm. but there would be a lot of medical or science people who would agree with that, mm-hmm. that at least a teaspoon a day, put it in your coffee, put it in your tea, or just take it raw, and you'll see a lot of benefits. And I have uh, people who have come back from me for years and years now mm-hmm. who wants uh, the honey that my bees have made. And, uh, but it's uh, better if you get it in the area that the bees close are. to where you live is yeah. probably the best within ten miles they say 10, yeah. ten to fifteen miles because the floral is the same in those areas it'll help with uh, all kinds of things that we especially they we get allergies that we get this time of the year mm-hmm. and also there are antioxidants that are in honey that you find in no other produce, Mm -hmm. nothing else under the sun do you find that. And what we're talking about is a product that will fight various diseases. I'm not saying it's going, science doesn't say that it's going to cure but it'll fight it. And uh, you don't have to take a vaccine as you're opposed to vaccines. Yes. But take that honey. And I know you, you do uh, have a little honey. Uh, no, she's Greg gone. Tucker brings you some. I've brought you some. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so you do take that every once in a while. Yeah. I miss my little honey. She's yeah. gone. Well, you know, I'm completely out. And, I, and you know, I'm a, a hobbyist beekeeper. I'm not a professional beekeeper. And we don't have that much. So You are a professional. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that very much. But it's a hobby to me. And the reason I'm a hobbyist is I can do things with my bees that uh, where uh, people that are in the commercial business, they have three, 4,000 hives that they're trying to take care of, and I have 20 that I'm trying to take care of. So I can do things with my bees that others probably could not do. I don't use any chemicals whatsoever on them. Uh, I do things naturally that helps to protect them yeah. from uh, the various diseases that they could get and also from... Uh, things that might attack them. So I, I do have measures that I can take along with that. And uh, when you get honey that I that my bees have produced, you get completely raw uh, nectar honey. Mm-hmm. Nothing else is in it. What if we didn't have beekeepers? Where would a bee, a queen bee, go and spend her time with a hive would that be in things like trees uh, that uh, are hollowed out or where would they actually set up uh, their uh, hive where where they're going to be able to stay for a while well in the uh, 19th century or before that they were mostly in hollow trees Mm -hmm. around and uh, then those people who uh, were interested in beekeeping would uh, cut them out of those uh, hollow trees and put them in a hive. Mm-hmm. And they live just as well in the hive. Now, we're, what we're noticing since the 20th century has come around, uh, that bees are not able to live as well in the trees. There's just too many things that have attacked them, mites, viruses, and all of these that they have to be diseases that they have to be protected from so they're not doing as well and i suspect we would see a lot of these bees die out Mm -hmm. unless we had beekeepers that were willing to work for them and keep them alive and keep them healthy so uh, science has made amazing strides toward keeping the bees healthy in uh I, I, I wonder where in the world would they be right now if it wasn't for people like you that want to maintain the lifespan of these bees. Well, we can't say enough about our scientists who have studied bees mm-hmm. and cer- certain universities that they have a whole department yeah. that's uh, dedicated to beekeeping. And they come up with the best methods methods of keeping bees. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, uh, they also give us recommendations what to do for mites, for viruses, for diseases that they might get, and how to recognize them. Mm-hmm. So we get a lot of support, especially from the Tennessee Agriculture Department. They give us a lot of support. Mm-hmm. Mike Studer, who is uh, uh, also... Uh, dedicated uh, person at the Ag Department who works with beekeepers throughout the state and the University of Tennessee 
uh, also has a, a beekeeper that uh, works with uh, beekeepers throughout the state and giving them the best advice. And they will come to your uh, apiary and will examine your bees. There's no charge for that. They'll do that. Uh, that's that's part of the services that they offer. So if you're worried about some kind of disease that your bees might have, you can call up Mike Studer or the University of Tennessee, or you can go online. A lot of people, as you well know, they go online now and contact yeah. everybody. So you can schedule them to come and take a look at your bees. <clears throat> and find out if you do have a disease of some kind. So uh, one good thing is with all of the work that's going on in the state of Tennessee right now, we have very few uh, really terrible diseases that the bees can get. So what we are concerned about is the uh, insecticides that are being sprayed and not is take that the biggest danger to bees. That's right. Right now it is, and it's mostly the backyard variety. Uh, somebody thinks, well, I'll spray for mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. Bless their hearts. You cannot get rid of mus- mosquitoes, and they, these folks who sell that idea, they're out to make money. And uh, by spraying your backyard for mosquitoes. First of all, you kill a lot of uh, good insects instead of the mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are very difficult to kill by spray. So uh, the next, uh, the best thing to do to avoid mosquitoes is make sure there's no standing water. A little bit of water anywhere in a cup or anything in the backyard. Uh, that will attract mosquitoes, and they'll lay eggs, and they'll you'll have more mosquitoes. But even if you killed everyone in your backyard, down the road, they would sense that your backyard is open, and, and they'll come up and take care of it. So that, that's a useless expense that people have, and it kills the pollinators. Not just big, big bees, but it also kills all pollinators, Truman. Well, what about the big black smoke truck that used to go through downtown Murfreesboro? Were we just wasting our tax money during that? Absolutely, and uh, the uh, people who supported it, like the cities, they knew that they were wasting the money, but it made the uh, people who lived there better. And by the way, Truman, if it was killing mosquitoes, it would have killed you because you were out there running in it. Actually, I was. Yeah. And I'd be, I would be coughing the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> life, life is just a, sometimes it's a circus, isn't it? It is. It's, it, it, it's, it's amazing. But you have to look at it with, with a, a little bit of a sense of humor yeah. or you can't get through life. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, the the uh, the point you're making is that bees, honeybees especially, are extremely important to our economy. If you're not looking at anything except that, and we all, I think most people, want to make this world a little bit better than yeah. when we found it. Yeah. And I think of one of the ways, the best way that I can do. I can't do a lot of other stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but I can have bees, and they'll make the whole neighborhood better 
by their going and pollinating the different uh, trees and flowers and plants in that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And you can tell, you can really tell if there are bees in that neighborhood. Now, what's the difference between pollinators, general pollinators, and honeybees? Well, if you ask a, a farmer, he'll tell you this right up front. I want honeybees to pollinate my crops. Mm -hmm. And here's why. The honeybee will go to whatever crop is nectar is uh, high, and they will stay on that until the nectar is gone. Mm -hmm. So they'll pollinate the whole crop, and they won't go anywhere else. Then they go to the next crop, and that's the way the farmers want it. And that's why they love to have honeybees uh, on their property. And they, they'll even pay top, top dollar to have those honeybees honey brought in. Yeah. You know, I had Mike and Laura Vaught. I, I don't know why it just hit me on yesterday. And uh, they're very strong as far as supporting the, the farming communities. Right. Across, not just here, but across the country. And, and I, I was thinking about that because I knew you were getting ready to come on. How important it is for people who are in certain uh, uh, businesses like, uh, well, some are in the beekeeping business, but a lot of them, they utilize that, the farmers, who are probably, it, it's the most important industry that we have in this country. In the state of Tennessee, it certainly is. You're yeah. looking at multi-million dollar uh, economy brought on by agriculture yeah. and uh, the agriculture community supports beekeeping because yeah. we it's it's a uh, we work hand in hand together beekeepers and farming and agriculture mm -hmm. and it, if you take one out of that you're going to hurt the overall uh, value of agriculture in the state of Tennessee. And that's why the Department of Edu Agriculture of the state has a, a, a whole division that's set up just to make sure that we do have beekeepers and that they're supporting beekeepers. We have honeybees. Yeah. We, we, uh, honey, beekeepers also support all forms of uh, pollination. You know, the the butterflies. What's happened to our butterflies? You don't see as many as we used to. I haven't seen any this year. Yeah. What's getting to them, again, is uh, the spraying uh, of uh, insecticides. How do we keep doing that when we know how lethal a lot of these uh, insecticides are and uh, I hear people talking about spraying in, in their yards or spraying across their farmland and things like that. Who actually controls those type of insecticides and what makes them more yeah. dangerous than others? Well, I, I, I want to also commend the uh, chemical industry. They're trying to make these chemicals where they're not as uh, dangerous to spray. They are taking a look at that. Yeah. And they are being uh, significant improvements mm -hmm. 
we're seeing these significant improvements in those chemicals that are being sprayed, where it won't uh, exactly kill the uh, pollinator of any kind. But we're still got a long ways to go. The chemical industry is trying to do that. And uh, uh, there are, uh, I think, insects out there that will, that are not good for crops, and we want to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. But we're looking at the best way to do that, keep from damaging our crops. So we all have to work together on this. But uh, I, I still I don't think the biggest problem is coming from farmers that are spraying their crops. Yeah. We just don't see that. What we do see is that people are just not mindful of uh, what damage they can do in their own backyard by spraying some of these chemicals that are not proven to, to uh, be uh, adequate to begin with. And it may be too strong to put out there. So... Uh, and even in gardens, we need to be careful of what we put on our gardens to keep uh, insects away that are destroying it. One thing that, that I recommend to all people, keep the ashes of anything that you've burnt or your fireplace or anything. Sprinkle that on your vegetables that you plant. That keeps away a lot of the... Uh, <laughs> the a lot of the the uh, harmful insects, mm-hmm. just ashes from from a fireplace or places where you've burned, and plus it's good for your soil. You know, when it rains, it washes it into the soil. The ash does, so that's that's what uh, what you get. So There's those a lot of tree limbs that have been that have fallen on, and I, uh, Jason, one of my sons, went out and burned it in what used to be our garden mm-hmm. and and it's quite a bit and it, it was, most of it was fallen limbs yeah and and that's a good point you you can take those ashes and and uh, uh dust them onto your uh vegetables that you plant yeah. and they're as good as any kind of chemical that you can put on there for uh for insects now a lot of people don't use these proven methods, but there are methods you can use without using chemicals to keep them away. Another thing is certain flowers that you plant around your garden will also uh, discourage uh, harmful insects from getting on your vegetables. So, What kind of, what are we talking about there? <laughs> well, you, you know, there are certain fl- flowers that give out an aroma that discourages insects from getting, if you plant them around your garden, it, it discourages the insects from coming in and eating on your vegetables. Mm. It's that simple. Well, let's, let's go back. Who actually controls the uh, safety part of chemicals that are sold commercially or, or in our stores or whatever you 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 hear how safe they are, but do we actually get any reading at all as what that particular chemical is going to be yeah. able to do? Well, the Tennessee Beekeepers Association does its best of advising uh, chemical makers of the effects that it's having. Also, the... Well, wouldn't they be to, doing testing themselves? Yeah, um, we, we do. The Agriculture Department does that 
at the state level, mm-hmm. and uh, they give feedback to uh, farmers and chemical makers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there, and there are some federal agencies that do try to uh, discourage strong chemicals being sprayed. So, but again, I, I point out we've got a long ways to go, Truman. We've got a long ways to go. There are very powerful. Uh, lobbying organizations that uh, it's on the federal level and on the state level. So we have to be careful about that. Now, for example, a couple of things that we have going on. If uh, a farmer is having their uh, crops, large crops that are being sprayed, Mm -hmm. then they have to notify any beekeepers in their uh, area that it's going to be sprayed at a certain time. And what we can do is we can uh, keep our bees in for a couple of days and not let them get out uh, of, of their hives until the, the uh, chemical is kind of disp- disp- dispersed away. So that's one of the things that I can think of that we're doing now. But then again, I get back to these uh, chemicals, whatever they are, uh, they, they may not kill the uh, honeybee that's out foraging. But what happens is they take the honey, they, in the honey, in the flower, they take that back to the hive. And it will, the, the queen is more susceptible. And the queen eats that. Because they're feeding them, feeding that queen, the bees are, and that kills her. And if we're not careful, certain times of the year, there's no way that we can get a queen in there. And if they don't have the uh, eggs at a certain stage, they can't make another queen. And even if they made a queen, here's a problem. Okay, the queen hatches out. It takes something like 20 days for the queen to hatch out. Then the queen has to go and uh, be bred. So she's out 200 feet in the air, and uh, the breeding process takes place. If a bird comes along and finds a queen and eats her, that's it. It's gone. (laughs) There's no queen coming back. So there's a certain percentage of them uh, during that process that won't get back to the hive. Well, can't you order a queen bee? At certain times of the year, you can. Yeah. You can order queens. Uh-huh. You're looking at 40 or $50 for one queen. So that, that's, not a bad, that's not a bad cost right there. That's, but it, it, when you're, uh, like if you're having to replace 20 queens at certain times of the year, it can get pretty pricey. Will, will, will the be, other bees accept that? Well, that's another problem that you have. You you have to uh, you have to go through a process of it, of the queen being accepted by the bees because they're used to a certain certain smell of that queen that was there. So then you bring in a new queen, and you have to keep her in a queen cup for a certain period of time until they get used to this queen, the smell of the new queen. Sometimes it won't take. And as soon as she gets out, 
the bees thinks that's another queen in there, and is and they will kill her. Mm. So that that's that is uh, uh, you know it's an iffy thing. It's not it's not something that's sure. So you, there's always that five to ten percent chance that you will lose that queen at any time. So that that's the uh, that's another problem that we face with our beekeeping is to make sure to keep that queen uh, healthy, to keep her there. Now the bees seem to know when it's time to replace a queen, mm. and that is probably the best process that I know of is let the bees make their own queen, and when they do, then it's not a problem of accepting the queen. But I'd also point out, too, uh, Truman, since we're on queens, this April and uh, first part of May is a swarm season. Mm -hmm. And folks, if you see a swarm of bees out there in your backyard on a tree, call a beekeeper immediately. Get them over there. What if it's a hollow tree and there's plenty of room in there for them and it wouldn't be a bad place to have the hive? No, it would not be, but you don't want, you don't, most people don't want a bee tree on, in their yard because it could, could cause problems where they're mowing close to it, uh, kids playing in the backyard who might have allergies to stings. Uh, it's just, it's just not a good thing to have them in your backyard. Now, if you've got a lot of land, mm -hmm. okay, that's another thing. I had a fellow to call me last year who owned several acres, and in the back of his uh, uh, back in, uh, part of his uh, acreage, he had a hollow tree that was full of bees. And uh, when it goes by mowing, <laughs> the bees come out. They don't like to hear that mowing. And so uh, they really rarely attack on something like no, that. they not like uh, bumblebees. No, they don't. bumblebees or something. No, like that. but if you start mowing grass around them, they don't like to hear that roar of that, and they'll come out to check it out. And they, yeah. you know, they, one of them could actually sting you, yeah. but it wouldn't be a whole bunch of them. Uh, honeybees. Most of these honeybees. Are, are, are not that dangerous at all as far as attack. But here's the thing about it. They show up in your backyard, and they're in a big cluster there, mm -hmm. and they're looking for a home. Well, if they find a little opening in, say, in the siding of your house mm -hmm. or in the attic of your house, they're going to end up inside your house, and you don't want that. You certainly don't want it. And uh, that's why it's important to call that beekeeper because they're only going to be there for a short period of time because they have sent out scouts looking for a home, looking for a place to live. And uh, unfortunately, so that's not a permanent place for the bees. Yeah. Except during that maybe cycle. Yeah. But anyway, between April and the f first couple of weeks in May, this is a s another very critical time for uh, bees that will be. Uh, out and about, so to speak. So uh, keep an eye out for them. If you see a swarm in your backyard, call a beekeeper. We have a whole list of them on the Lane Ag Center. Uh, all you have to do is go on there, and it'll tell you. Uh, there's no charge for uh, someone coming to your house to pick up the bees. Mm -hmm. We do that. That's a service we offer. So uh, uh, keep that in mind. You'll be seeing that pretty soon. You'll be seeing it. 
because they'll be making an extra queen. And when they make these additional queens, then half of the hive is going to leave. And typically what they'll do, like if at my place, they'll come out and stop very close to where their hive is. And but in in a short period of time they'll take off, and they might go a half a mile or a mile away, and they'll light again, and that's the time uh, they show up in your backyard, Truman, and that's where you want to call me to come and pick them up. Yeah. Now we didn't have as many calls last year as we've had in the times past, and I think it's because we didn't have as many people outside. There's just a lot of people staying inside this past year. And let's go back to why are they staying inside? Yeah, because of COVID. There you go. Yeah. Get out. Get out. <laughs> it's time to. Every day that you're cooped up in a house is a day you've lost in your life. Yeah. It just absolutely drives me crazy to see that. Well, I don't want to see you go home and go to sleep. Get on the couch and go to sleep. I want you, when you go home, get outside and check your trees. You know, I don't have as much as check as I did because I lost a lot of limbs during that freeze. I mean, it was rough. Mm. Uh, um, and, and I'm afraid that those type situations, this weather that we've had has been devastating yeah. as far as the, the growth that, w- that yeah. we normally would have. Well, it, you know, it's it's also been hard on our bees as well. It's been an unusual weather events this year. Yeah. You have to admit that. And uh, I, I can't recall where we've had such intense rain for that long period of time. Yeah. Usually if you have a downpour, it lasts, what, 15, 20, 30 minutes, and it's over with. But it like in some days it's been all day and all night intense downpours, and that's why we're seeing all of the flooding that people are. Uh, anybody that's close to a creek, yeah. or near the Stones River, or the Duck River, they're 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 seeing some problems with flooding. It was over Manchester Highway for a couple of days. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Yeah. The, it's a major thoroughfare, and, and it's almost impossible to flood on Manchester Highway, and it sure did. Yeah. Now, you remember in 2010 when we had the Great Flood here in Nashville? Oh, oh yeah, I remember that well. That okay. was the year that... The, the, we, were, we were in... That was the year that the Republicans won all the elections. <laughs> we were... Uh, yes, uh, which I, I was not unhappy with, except for one. Yeah. Well, I'll just point out to everybody that Truman used to be a Democrat. Now, now he's a diehard Republican. And underline that two times. <laughs> used to be. It's amazing how things change. Tell me what it is that you get out of raising bees. And I know that it, it, when you retire from something like education at the highest level, and you've done that for years, it, it, it leaves a, a, a hole in your life, you might say. But why did you select beekeeping? Well, here's the thing about it. Now, I've alluded this to this before. There are very few things in life, Truman, that you can really make a difference. Mm-hmm. 
and one of them is beekeeping. Yeah. And I, I'm really serious about that. Now, we give to various agencies, and we volunteer here and there, and I do that too, and sometimes I wonder if it really makes a difference. Yeah. But I know that my beekeeping is making a difference to the lives of people who come and want to get my honey. I have I have the very best honey that you can get anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm a honey producer. Also, the uh, the work that the bees do in our, my community, they make it a little better than what it was the year before. Yeah. And each year, the environment is a little better because of my bees. And that's the important thing to me. Second secondary is this when i go out there and work with those bees i mean everything else is out of my mind yeah it's like time stands still i don't know the uh, the uh, passage of time mm-hmm. i'm there i'm looking at the bees uh they're they're a part of my life and i know that they're honeybees okay yeah. They're honeybees. But they seem to recognize me and seem to accept me. And any beekeeper who works with their bees a lot will tell you that. Now, we feel that way. I'm not sure that that's true. So uh, that's that's the feeling that I have. I just know that when I'm working with them, uh, that all of your your uh, problems, all of the past things, you don't have to worry about uh, whether you're isolated yeah. or not. You're isolated out there with those bees. And we've, I've been doing that for years now, even before the virus started <laughs> hitting us. But, you, but you're, you're giving back something. In I'm giving back yeah. to the community. I'm giving back to people who need it. Who need this? It's a minimum cost to them, yeah. and uh, it's it's probably one of the uh, best things that a person can do for themselves is find a beekeeper close to the, where they live and pick up a quart of honey, yeah. and and try it. It'll do, it'll do your body good. It will be healthy. It's a healthy type of thing. We talk about health, healthy food. Well, you can't get any better than uh, pure, raw It's probably the honey. one perfect food. One perfect food. It is yeah. perfect. And I'm about to point this out. Now, some people don't realize this. Honey never ruins. Yeah. Now, sometimes, think about sometimes that. Sometimes you have to heat it up. You have to heat it up if yeah. you want to. Yeah. Some people don't. They like it when it crystallizes. Well, you just take it and put it in your coffee, put it in your tea. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's crystallized. Yeah. But anyway, how many other produce can you think of that never ruins? None. I think you're right. There's not any. That's yeah. only honey is the only produce produce that doesn't ruin. And that that says a lot about it, right there. Even this even this radio show ruins because I've got a little thing that says wrap up the show. So <laughs> I, I, I guess we got to go. Well, I can't believe that a time has come by. It's that right. way every time you're on. Every time. Yeah. Every time. 
And I, I don't have to do anything except make a few noises every once in a while, and you just continue on uh, with all that information that's so valuable. Uh, the next beekeepers uh, uh, meeting is this coming Monday night. At 7 o'clock. It's over at the Ag Center. That's at right. At what time? At 7 o'clock. At 7 o'clock. Yeah, and just remember, remember also the first time that we've ever had the Tennessee Beekeepers Association Fault Conference is going to be here in Murfreesboro. And let me tell you something, that's big time. A lot of people are going to be here. A lot of supplies and wares for beekeeping is going to be here. A lot of people spending the night uh, eating at our restaurants. Uh, It's going to be a really important thing for our uh, community. It is. Thank you, Zane. Zane Cantrell, always enjoy having you with us. All right, guys, we'll see you in the morning at 9. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Since 1981, Willow Windows has been making homes beautiful all over Tennessee. From decks and railings to doors and windows. Visit willowwindow.pro. Willow Window, the official sponsor of the WGNS Studios. Willowwindow.pro.